church, welcome. Welcome to Church Online. How awesome was church last week, our special Mother's Day service. We are so blessed to have such an incredible creative team and to have such a generous church as you are. And also some pretty cute kids. And I might be a bit biased, but I think that preacher girl was amazing as well. My wifey, Lee. And you can block out your ears because I'm talking to Lee right now. Lee, I love you. I love your authenticity. I love your courage for our family, your love for Jesus, and the way that you lead with such a quiet but strong spirit. I love you. You can unblock your ears if you want. Last week, Lee launched our new collection of talks called Hearing God's Voice. And she spoke about when life is too loud. How we've got to learn to turn off the sound machine that is this world and amplify the voice of God, the voice of God that would call us his beloved children. Next week, Pastor Bronze bringing a message on the word of God, the written scripture, our Bibles and how we can hear God speak to us through that. That if we want to hear God, we just need to listen to Jesus. And there's a whole lot of Jesus in our Bibles. And in the final week, I'm really excited to bring in a message on hearing God's voice through our pain and our suffering. But today, I want to talk to you from this passage of Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 3, the story of Samuel hearing from God. So you can turn there with your Bibles right now. You'll find it just after Genesis and before the book of Revelation. And if you're struggling on your Bible app, then you can just click alphabetical order like I do. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Are you there? Let's read it. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God was not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. And again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And a third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. I didn't even know that God used the word tingle. This morning, I don't want to talk to you about tingle time. I want to talk to you about waiting on the call. Waiting on the call. See, Samuel, he was waiting on God. And I think we've all been in waiting seasons in our lives. Waiting on direction from God. Waiting on the call of God. And maybe for you this morning, 
It's your first time joining us here at church and you're waiting to find out what this whole church thing is about. Well, I want to look at this passage, this story of Samuel from the Old Testament and look at four things that we can do in our waiting season, waiting on the call. Are you ready? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray that this morning you would speak to us, that Lord, our ears would be open to hear from you, our hearts, Lord, good soil to receive what you would want to plant in our heart this morning. Not only that, Lord, I pray that as we hear you, we would listen and obey. God, would you speak to us this morning in our trouble, in our joy, Lord, in this season of pain and suffering all across our world, Lord, would it be your voice that we tune our ears towards? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. How many of you, when we say hearing God's voice, instantly jump to the audible voice of God? I want to hear the audible voice of God. If I just heard the audible voice of God, then I would believe for the rest of my days. I would follow everything you said, God, if I could just hear the audible voice of God. The biblical evidence, though, would suggest that most of the people that heard the audible voice of God were either confused or afraid. Jonah, he heard the voice of God and he ran. Adam in the Garden of Eden, eat. Garden of Eden heard the voice of God and he hid. Moses heard God speaking to him and he debated him. Gideon, he heard the voice of God and he argued back. Now, I still want to hear the audible voice of God. I kind of imagine it like Mufasa from Lion King. But the thing you've got to know this morning is just because you can't hear the audible voice of God doesn't mean that you can't hear him. And it doesn't mean that he's not speaking. You see, God speaks to us through all sorts of different mediums. Like we talked about, God speaks to us through his word, through our Bibles, through scripture. And I heard a pastor say this week that if you're searching for a fresh word, then go buy a fresh Bible. He speaks to us through his word. I think for me personally, I feel God speaking to me through what people would call Holy Spirit impressions, thoughts in my head. Lee talked last week about how we can hear God speak to us through prayer. And I also believe that God speaks to us through other people, through community. And that's why connect groups and serving and being a part of the church is so important. It's partly what pastoring and preaching is about. We hear God through other people and in community. But maybe for you, it's not uh, so much a problem about how you hear God, but more of the question of how can I be sure? How can I be certain that God is speaking to me and it's not just the pizza I had for dinner? Is that you, God? How can we be sure that God is speaking to us? It's such a Christian thing to say. I'm waiting on the call of God. Really, it means I'm just waiting for direction from God. I'm waiting to hear from God. But it's important for you to know that you were made on purpose for a purpose. And maybe you're sitting there thinking, I still don't really hear from God. Or maybe it's been a long time. You were made on purpose for a purpose. You are not an accident. No matter what your mom or dad would tell you, God purposed you. God graced you. God called you and God planned you. He has a specific purpose for your life and he wants to speak to you specifically. 
I want to start this morning by saying that we can't let the weight produce an uncertainty that God has left us. If you're in that waiting time right now, or you've been there before, don't let the weight produce an uncertainty that God has left you. Because here's the thing. So many of us are waiting on the call of God, and I kind of wonder, is God looking back down at us going, no, I'm waiting on you. You see, we can't control what God does. The only thing we can control is ourselves. So rather than get so focused on what God is up to, why not get focused on what we are up to? And as we look at the story of Samuel, if you feel like you're in the waiting, the first thing I would do is write it down in your notes. Research shows us that those who are taking notes get bigger mansions in heaven. But the first thing I would do is if you are in the waiting time, is to choose to get under before you get over. Choose to get under before you get over. We've talked about this before when we journeyed through the book of Hebrews earlier in the year. Our God is a king. He's a king. And so he expects us to obey. He expects submission, obedience and submission. That's why it's called a kingdom. And I kind of think that the way that God works in his kingdom is also how he works down here on earth. See, what I've learned about God is that he works through leaders. And I believe that when you get under a leader, that your life begins to grow. Your life gets better. And I'm not suggesting that these people have some sort of access to God that you don't have. That's not true. What I'm suggesting is that sometimes the clearest way that God speaks to us is through the leaders that he has placed over us. Spiritual authority isn't talked a lot about in 2020. We've got authority issues, especially here in Australia. But so many times, so many times that God has spoken to me, it's been through the lives of men and women in authority and leadership over me. See, everyone needs the voice of a leader in their life. You need the encouragement. You need the challenge. And yes, at times, you need the correction. You don't know that you're a person of submission until you have to do something you don't want to do. Sometimes we don't get a choice about who we are placed under. But it's a totally different thing to choose to be under. Think about your parents. You didn't make the choice who your parents were. Would you make the choice again? Don't answer that question. It's actually your choice whether you listen, right? You see, so much of who I am today how blessed I believe that I am is because of my dad. You might know him as Pastor Aaron or as, but his counsel, his wisdom, his courage has shaped me and my leadership. And you could say I didn't have a choice. He was my dad. But if you've ever been a teenager, you know that you have choice. You see, it's not about submitting to what I want. It's about submitting to what I need. So can I get real with you this morning? We've got to get under before we get over. Maybe for you, you can't get over your ego because you haven't got under someone that tells you like it is. Maybe you can't get over fear because you haven't got under the counsel of faith. Maybe you can't get over drama in your relationships because you haven't gotten under someone that looks at that person and goes, no, they're not the right one for you, at least not right now. If we don't get under, we'll never get over. 
And in 1 Samuel 3, verse 1, look at what it says. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Before God gives you authority, he usually places you under authority. And what I love is that the way you follow reveals the way that you lead. And if you've been around church for a minute, you'd know that there's people walking around going, waiting for my ministry. Where's my ministry? I'm discovering my ministry. God, what's my ministry? My ministry. I'm building my ministry. But Samuel, he's an idol. He isn't complaining, he isn't pouting, because what you know about those people is generally over time, my ministry turns into my complaint, my whinging, my problem. But Samuel, he's active. And do you know that no one is stopping you from doing ministry? There's nothing preventing you from doing ministry, but you would be wise to understand that most of the time it's best before God gives you your ministry to serve in someone else's, because God tends to call Active people. Eli, Samuel was under Eli, serving in the temple. David was under his father, tending his sheep. Elisha was under his parents, plowing their fields. Joshua was under Moses, fighting his battles. What's the point? When you get under, you get active. And when you get active, God calls you. If you're waiting on the call of God, choose to get under before you get over. And secondly, align yourself with God. It's important as you see this passage of Scripture of God speaking to Samuel, that you don't just see Samuel, but you see the contrast between him and the priest Eli. In 1 Samuel 3, in the second part of verse 1, it says, In those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. I want you to remember how specific the writer is here, that Eli was in his usual place. The context here, the historical context of why the word of God was so rare, was because in this time, the Old Testament, in Samuel's time, God spoke to his people through people that we call prophets. But in Samuel's time, they couldn't, God couldn't find a prophet that was worthy enough. Hebrews 1 verse 1 to 2, we know this one says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, Jesus. And I wonder if anyone is thankful for Jesus this morning. You see, in Eli's time, if you go back a chapter, you can understand why God couldn't find someone that was worthy. Because Eli, he had two sons. And both of his sons were meant to be serving in the temple. But rather than serve in the temple, they were stealing from the temple. And they were sleeping with the servant girls. And Eli had a choice. He could align himself with God or he could align himself with his family. And I know it's a tough choice. But ultimately, Eli aligned himself with his two sons, and he was out of alignment with God. And so he lost his vision. He lost his call and the voice of God in his life. He was bypassed by God. He was going through the motions. He was in the usual place. I wonder what the usual place is for you. Is the usual place coming to Sunday, but nothing looks different on Monday? What's the usual place for you? And let me clarify that this 
stories from the Old Testament, from before Jesus, from the time of law. We live under the time after Jesus, under grace. And so we're no longer worried that our past decisions are going to separate us from God because our connection with God is based on our faith and our trust in Jesus, not the good or the bad things that we've done. That's why it's called the good news. But in this period of time, God had left Eli. And the passage goes on in verse 3. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, which is a fancy way of saying it's late at night. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Whenever you read then, it means that something that happened before. It says, then the Lord called Samuel. After what? When he was lying down in the house of the Lord, under the ark. The ark represents the presence of God. Before he heard, heard God's voice, he was under and in the house of God. He was aligned. He was fighting for proximity with God. He wasn't just going through the motions. He wasn't in the usual place. He was doing whatever it takes for a word from God. And I want to ask you this morning, are you positioned for an interruption from God? Are you positioned for an interruption from God? You're positioning yourself to be interrupted by God when you come to church, when you make time to read your Bible, when you go to connect group, when you serve in a team. But not just that, you've got to have the expectation that he will speak to you. Like Lee said last week, it might be big, it could be small. Earlier this year, a guy walked into the church when I was here on my own and he was a father holding his child. And instantly as he walked through the door, I could tell that it wasn't a good time. His eyes were dark, his body was heavy, and he was severely depressed. He'd been driving around, he'd never been in a church before, driving around crying because he had no idea what to do. A stay-at-home dad, and he walked through the doors of the church and we hung out in the kids' room for about an hour. And as we were leaving, I felt God say to me, pray for him. I mean, that's kind of obvious, isn't it? But sometimes it takes a push and a little bit of courage. And so this guy was clearly not the kind of guy that would be walking around asking for prayer. But I stopped him and I said, hey, can I pray for you just outside the cafe there? And we stopped and we bowed our heads and I prayed for him just briefly. And it seemed small, it seemed insignificant until this week. He called the office to tell us that his whole life had changed. That he'd gotten help and that he was growing out of his depression. And not only that, he actually wanted to give away a whole shed full of all the toys and clothes that he had left over. And even a car to someone in need. It might be big or it might be small, but are you positioned for an interruption from God? If you're waiting on the call, choose to be under and align yourself with God. Number three, lay in your place. What does that mean? Lay in your place, it means your place, not someone else's. I'm talking about contentment. You see, the more we become like Christ, the more content we should be also. It's part of spiritual formation. Contentment by definition means satisfied with what one is or has, not wanting more or anything else. We talk a lot about where we're going in church, and I get that. It's important, but there is a theological tension going on here. We are meant to maximize our time here on earth. God is calling us somewhere, but we're also meant to be content. 
If God doesn't do one more thing for you, you already have enough in Jesus. If God doesn't do one more thing for you, you already have enough in Jesus. If you don't get one more blessing, one more promotion, one more job, the house that you've already dreamed of, then Jesus has already done enough. This is the mantra of a content Jesus follower. Nobody owes me anything. Jesus gave me everything. It doesn't mean that you don't want your marriage to get better, but you do love the one that you have. Jesus is enough. You don't need the other job. You can be content in your finances. Oh, you lost me there, Josh. I hear you. But if you don't get one more dollar, Jesus has already given enough. We've got to learn to be content. None of the drive is wrong. It just needs to be wrapped in contentment. And that looks a lot like gratefulness. Samuel is in God's house. He's under the ark. He's aligned with God and God speaks to him. He jumps up and he runs to Eli. Isn't it weird that the first time that he heard God's voice, it sounded to him like Eli. Eli, he's in his usual place. Not me, mate, he says. So Samuel goes back and God speaks to him again. Samuel jumps up, runs to Eli. Not me, mate. So he goes back. He jumps up. He runs to Eli. Not me. And then in verse 8, it says a third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. He went and laid down in his place. Samuel wasn't looking for a calling. The calling was looking for him. He was serving. He was under a leader. He was aligned with God. He was content. You see, you don't find your God calling. It'll find you. I just hope that you are in your place when it does. So be you. Stop trying to be someone else. Stop chasing a dream every Monday because you feel as though the other one didn't happen overnight. Stop trying to be someone else. Stop comparing. Comparison, it kills your joy. Comparison, it kills your contentment. We're going to lay in our place. Yeah, that might be a cool life over there, but this is my marriage. These are my kids. This is my family. This is my job. This is my home. And I'm going to choose to be grateful. When you lay in your place, calling finds you. I don't pray just, God, what's my calling? I choose to get under before I get over. I align myself with God and I lay in my place. I get in place. I'm content. And the last one, we need to listen carefully. Lee said it last week, learn to listen. See, listening, it's harder than speaking. Our knee-jerk reaction is to hear something and talk back. Or our knee-jerk reaction is to take what we've heard and share it with someone prematurely. And Samuel, he hears from God and he immediately pops up and runs to Eli. But God hasn't finished speaking to him until finally in Samuel 3 verse 10, it says, The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone 
who hears about it tingle. Every other time he said, here I am and ran to Eli. He had the right intention, but the wrong direction until finally he listens carefully. And if you start to listen, God will speak. See, faith doesn't come from doing. It comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Our king is a king. He expects us to obey, but the good thing is that as we obey, his voice becomes louder in our lives. You see, he gave Samuel some difficult instruction. If you read on in the chapter, he had to go to his mentor and say, you will be judged for the way that you came out of alignment with God, the way that you navigated your family. I can't imagine what that would have been like for Samuel to go to Eli the priest, the man that had mentored him, the man that would call him son and give him that news. But as he obeyed, Samuel's entire life changed. And not just Samuel's life, the life of the Israelites, the trajectory of the Israelites changed because they got their voice back. They got their prophet back. And really, it set up, it was a pivotal point in the history of the Israelites. So let me finish with this. Samuel's call was not solidified by the voice of God. Samuel's call was solidified when he obeyed the voice of God. You don't need a new word. You probably just need to go back to the old word, listen carefully, and obey completely. If you're going through a hard time right now, one of the things I would encourage you to do most is go back to the last time that you felt God speak to you specifically, when God was guiding you, and keep doing that until he tells you to stop. If you're waiting on the call, it's simple. C, choose to get under before you get over. A, align yourself with God. L, lay in your place and L, listen carefully. Call when you're waiting on the call of God. Wherever you are this morning, whatever the situation you are in, I want to pray with you in this moment. And maybe for you, it is your first time coming to church and you've got through this message, but you're still a little bit confused. Let me tell you the most important thing that God is calling you right now. He calls you his beloved child and he's calling you into relationship with him. Scripture tells us that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that he is Lord, then we will be saved. And I believe the reason that you're watching right now is because he's knocking on the door of your life and he wants to be in relationship with you and you can respond right now. Maybe for you, You've ignored the voice of God in your life for a long time and you've walked away. I want you to join me in this moment where we're just going to pray a simple prayer out loud, confessing our faith in Jesus. It's the good news. It's not about what we have done or not about what we will do, but our faith in him that gives us eternal life. So would you pray with me together, church? Dear Lord, I declare that you are my king. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Lord, I want to hear your voice. Not only that, Lord, as you speak, I want to obey for the rest of the days of my life. Lord, come into my heart and make me whole. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for joining us online. We're about to sing a song. It's called Take Courage, and it says that he is in the waiting He's in the waiting. And so can I encourage you, church, 
that if you're in a waiting season right now, use this moment to place yourself in a position that you would be interrupted by God. Use this moment of worship to align yourself with God or use this moment to listen carefully to what He is saying to you today. Love you, church. 